On today's show, guess who just became the most stupid member of the Trump family? Why is Donald Trump's mishandling of classified documents far worse than Joe Biden's? And George Santos tells small lies, then he tells really big lies. What is his relationship with Russia? How he climbed from down with tyranny weeks before the Washington Post broke the story today has been tracing the financial connections between George Santos and Russian oligarchs. What is Putin's hold over Santos, Kevin McCarthy, and other Republicans in Washington? How will this affect America's funding for the war in Ukraine? All that and more. Stay with me. I love you. I love you. That's a uh, parrot. When, hi, when Republican George Santos was running for Congress last summer during a debate, he asked his opponent. George, do you have an honest moment inside George, of you ever? George, isn't that great? Let's watch that again. This is George Santos. George, do you have an honest moment inside George, of you ever? George, do you have an honest bone in your body, right? George Santos, pathological liar. If he doesn't like history, he rewrites it. And that's why he found such a welcome home in the Republican Party, because it doesn't matter what you do, it's what you say. And it doesn't really matter what you say so long as it sounds good. Uh, Ronald Reagan, for example, raised taxes on the American people. He raised taxes on the American people. But it sounds good to lie, as Republicans do, and insist he lowered them. George W. Bush ran for re-election in 2004, insisting that he kept America safe from terrorists, conveniently forgetting 9-11, the single worst terrorist attack to ever happen on American soil. It occurred on George W. Bush's watch. Republicans still lie to this day and say Bush kept us safe from terrorists. And then there's Donald Trump. The Washington Post counted 30,573 lies that Donald Trump told in the four years he was president. That doesn't count all the lapdogs like Lindsey Graham who repeat those lies. Here, for example, is Senator Lindsey Graham earlier this week rewriting the history of the Trump administration's relationship with Mexico. Joe Biden was visiting Mexico, and so Lindsey Graham decided to rewrite the history of Donald Trump's relationship with Mexico when he was president. Trump didn't have a magic wand. He scared the shit out of Mexico. <laughs> uh, Trump didn't have a magic wand uh, because I think Lindsey... Uh, wouldn't share it. Yes, Trump scared Mexico, right? We all remember how he scared the you-know-what out of Mexico. Remember, he, he built the wall and they paid for the wall. He ran for president in 2016 saying he's going to build a wall and Mexico's going to pay for it. Uh, and they did. They paid for all of it because it never got built. But that doesn't matter. 
Trump insists the wall is finished. He says he finished the wall. And I'm not making that up. I don't know if you watched the rallies, but he says we, we built the wall. Those are some of the lies that Donald Trump and his liars keep repeating. Oh, and, and let's not forget the expletives. Trump didn't have a magic wand. He scared the shit out of Mexico. <laughs> You'll notice the vulgarity now comes from the right. It's the Republicans who use expletives and speeches or on Fox News. That's because liars think words don't mean anything. So curse. It's the Republicans who want to be able to say whatever they want with abandon, without any consequences. They demand the freedom of speech to use the C word, the N word, make fun of people's ethnicity or disabilities because they're just words. It doesn't matter what you say because it's just words. Lies are just words, hate speech. They're all just words. And don't fact check me because your facts are just words. This study you handed to me that proves ivermectin doesn't prevent or cure COVID, they're just words. I do my own research and, and I make my own words. They're just words. Trump didn't have a magic wand. He scared the shit out of Mexico. <laughs> it sounds tough, doesn't it? It sounds good and righteous. Lindsay, but it's a lie, just like your entire life, Lindsey Graham, is a lie. Your personal life with the voters of South Carolina is a lie. And lies might work on Fox News or with your dumb GOP voters, but not here, not with us. You know, there are so many lies, so many lies uh, that people like Lindsey Graham, Fox News, they just can't keep them straight. Lindsey Graham can't keep his lies straight, but it doesn't matter because if your lie doesn't make any sense, just tell another lie. I'm David Feldman, and this is The Mop Up. Joe Biden is also a liar. He did not get arrested trying to visit Mandela in South Africa. He insists he did, but he didn't. He did not get arrested in the 60s fighting for civil rights. He keeps saying he did, but he didn't. Joe Biden is a liar. He really is. But the Democratic Party, unlike the Republican Party, is not a house of lies. The Republican Party, especially this new Congress, it's all lies. And this new speaker, when it comes to lying, Kevin McCarthy makes George Santos look like George Washington, George Washington, who famously said, I cannot tell a lie, I chopped down this cherry tree. And we worship George Washington because he didn't lie about the cherry tree. Yes, nothing, nothing like an honest slaveholder. Uh, anyway, the reason it took 4,000 rounds of voting to get Kevin McCarthy elected as speaker is Republicans don't trust Kevin McCarthy because they think he's a liar. And for Republicans to think somebody's a liar, you got to be a big effing liar, just like, you know, George Santos, pathological liar. 
just like Mr. McCarthy. The entire Republican Party is a party of pathological liars. False equivalencies are lies. True bad things are not identical. They're different. One is worse than the other. They can both be bad, but one can be a lot worse than the other bad thing. For example, Republicans will, oh, I don't know, invade the wrong country after 9-11. Actually, they invaded two wrong countries after 9-11. They invaded Iraq, and then they, they also first invaded Afghanistan. And let's not forget the lie that the Taliban had anything to do with 9-11. They didn't. That's a lie both parties tell. Bin Laden was hiding in Afghanistan and Pakistan. Uh, the Taliban weren't in on it. Uh, we could have easily invaded Pakistan after 9-11 because they were harboring bin Laden, right? That's where we got him in the end in 2011. We supposedly killed bin Laden in Pakistan, but we couldn't attack Pakistan because they had nuclear weapons. So we lied and said Afghanistan was behind 9-11. The Taliban had nothing to do with 9-11. But the point is the Republican Party invented both lies and they invaded two wrong countries after 9-11, right? It costs literally hundreds of thousands of lives and trillions of dollars. But Hunter Biden had porn on his laptop. So that's the same identical thing, right? That's what, you know, I don't think so. But Kevin McCarthy, if you're a Republican, same thing. Hunter Biden's laptop, worse than invading the wrong country twice after 9-11. Kevin McCarthy will say, no, Hunter Biden's laptop, it has lowered America's standing in the world. It signals to evildoers that America's weak. Hunter Biden's laptop invites terrorists to blow us all up. And don't forget that there is evidence that I'm pulling out of my ass that nearly 200,000 American children died from Hunter Biden's laptop. This is what the Republicans are basically saying. It doesn't matter if it's true. Here's, here's how it works. Uh, okay, you have two children. Let's, let's call them Donald and Joseph, okay? This is, this is Donald. We'll call him Donnie because he's only six years old and he's a Republican. And this is Joseph. And because Joseph is only six years old, too, we'll call him Joey. And Joey is a Democrat. So this is Donnie and Joey. They're six year olds and they're both in the first grade and they have the same teacher, Mrs. Lucerne. Well, they had the same teacher until Donnie, the Republican, brought a gun to school and killed her. And little Joey, the Democrat, he liked Mrs. Lucerne. So after Donnie shot and killed Mrs. Lucerne, Joey, the little Democrat, said, Donnie, I don't like you anymore because you just shot and killed Mrs. Lucerne. Little Donnie, the Republican, says, I didn't shoot her. And if I did, you can't prove it. And if you can prove it, I did it in self-defense because Mrs. Lucerne was coming to take my gun away and then turn it on me and shoot me with it, so I had no choice. 
And little Joey, the Democrat, says, well, you should never have brought the gun to school in the first place. And little Donnie, the Republican, says, I bought the gun to keep you all safe. Right. This goes on and on while Mrs. Lucerne, the teacher, is dying. Right. Finally, the principal shows up and order is restored. Little Donnie is put in the corner for shooting Mrs. Lucerne. We think he shot him, right? And then the principal notices that little Joey, the Democrat, accidentally left his Lego starship on the floor next to his desk, and someone could have tripped over it and broken their neck. And she points that out to little Joey. So off in the corner, little Donnie, who shot Mrs. Lucerne, he screams that little Joey should be put in the corner, too, because someone could break their neck tripping on that Lego starship. And then little Donnie insists that little Joey is a hypocrite for calling me out for shooting and killing Mrs. Lucerne when Joey intentionally left that Lego starship out for her to trip on. And so not to look like she plays favorites, the principal puts little Joey in the corner, too. And that's exactly is that's exactly what's happening this week with Joe Biden's handling of classified material. Donald Trump shot and killed Mrs. Lucerne and Joe Biden left a Lego starship on the floor that Mrs. Lucerne could have tripped over and broken her neck if Donald Trump first didn't shoot her in the face and kill her. As you know, we learned this week that when he was vice president, Joe Biden, seen here getting to wear Rose's necklace from the movie Titanic, Joe Biden took some classified documents home with him. And now the other side is saying this proves Donald Trump did nothing wrong. Huh? It's kind of like, oh, I don't know, O.J. Simpson back in the 90s saying Hillary Clinton is refusing to turn over her billing records from when she when she worked at the Rose Law Firm in Arkansas. She won't turn over her Rose Law Firm billing records to the special prosecutor. So that proves there's no way I, O.J. Simpson, could have possibly killed my wife. This is what we're dealing with. This is the logic we're dealing with with the Republicans. And don't forget, they got what Trump got 75 million votes pulling this shit and the Republicans won the House and they got five million more votes in the midterms than the Democrats did. This is what we're up against. Well, to refresh your memory and by refreshing your memory, I mean my memory because these things are impossible to keep track of. And that's what Republicans count on for their lies to stick. You can't keep track of their lies and you, it, you can't keep track of their crimes. Well, to refresh our memory, last year, the FBI raided Mar-a-Lago to retrieve boxes of classified material that Donald Trump 
was supposed to turn over to the National Archives, but instead decided to keep these classified documents just in case he needed compromat and all the people trying to arrest him for doing things like not returning classified documents when he was told to. And when you think about it, why would ex-president Donald Trump turn these classified documents over? I mean, he lives for this kind of stuff, for classified documents. He got elected in 2016 using Putin's compromat on people like, oh, I don't know, Lindsey Graham, who has a secret that he thinks we don't know already. Do you think for one second Donald Trump wasn't going to use all the intelligence agencies at his disposal inside the White House to gather dossiers on his enemies, not to mention pocket, not to mention pocketing a couple million dollars, handing some of that classified material over to his benefactor, Vladimir Putin. Many of the classified documents left out on the floor in Mar-a-Lago were scattered to the wind or they were left on Trump's desk and flipped over and used as scratch paper whenever Melania called with her honey-do list. You think, you think Melania has a honey-do list for Donald other than stop with the Big Mac farts when I'm stuck on the plane with you? I've been reading these books about Trump and he is shamelessly flatulent on his planes. He eats garbage and then uh, releases the garbage in another form. And everybody's trapped on his plane uh, to smell it, Donald Trump. So he's, he lives for classified material, Donald Trump does. He's, you know, he's sharing some of the classified material with others. But the really, really classified documents that Tr Trump held on to, you know, the ones which prove Osama bin Laden is really Liz Cheney, those he's holding on to for, you know, safekeeping, you know, his own safekeeping to keep him out of prison. That is a picture of Liz Cheney as uh, that's Liz Cheney. I, I didn't I never noticed the similarities, but but I see it now. That is Liz Cheney not Osama bin Laden. There's no such thing as Osama bin Laden. It's uh, Liz Cheney. Unbelievable. Well, Trump, with his storage or not storing properly these classified material uh, materials and probably sharing them with friends and benefactors, uh, he probably violated the Espionage Act. So his classified, his mishandling of classified material has been folded into the Justice Department's newly appointed special counsel's office run by Jack Smith, seen here wearing Congressman Jim Jordan's jacket. Smith is looking into all the crimes Trump, Trump may or really may have committed. But now that Joe Biden, as vice president, took home some classified documents, Republicans are lying and insisting it is the same exact thing that Donald Trump did. It's the same exact thing. 
Senator Lindsey Graham, seen here adjusting his earpiece to the setting known as stubble. Uh, stubble. It makes a woman's voice sound like a man's, so Lindsey will be interested in what she's saying. Lindsey Graham, who never met a false equivalency he didn't want passing through his pursed lips, Lindsey appeared on Fox News this week and had this to say about Joe Biden's handling of classified documents. Garland, if you're listening, if you thought it was necessary, Attorney General, to appoint a special counsel regarding President Trump, then you need to do the exact same thing regarding President Biden when it comes to handling classified information. Well, I, I think that any fair-minded person who's watching this, and I hope he is one of them, uh, would agree with that. Yes, any fair-minded person who's watching would agree with that. It's only fair, right? It's only fair to waste our precious tax dollars uh, because shooting the teacher in the face is the same identical thing as leaving your Lego starship on the floor. And any fair-minded person watching would, would agree. Well, luckily, sober minds, there's still some sober minds that prevail on Fox News. For example, Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene appeared on Tucker Carlson. While news of the classified documents in Joe Biden's garage, while that news was first breaking, as this news was coming on in real time, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, was clear headed and calm, and she suggested that the Department of Justice, with its limited budget, not get sidetracked. Mayor Garland is shameful. The fact that he's the attorney general is shameful, I would say. He should be, um, he should be impeached. Yes. At least. At least. At least he should be impeached. Uh, Merrick Garland should be impeached. The news just broke. And Merrick Garland uh, didn't immediately appoint a special counsel as as the news was coming over the wire. So impeach him. Well, Jesse Waters is also on Fox News, and he had some angry brunette on who came loaded with false equivalencies on this topic. I don't know who this angry brunette is. I forgot to notice her name because I couldn't take my eyes off her falsies. Here she is showing off her false equivalencies. Mingling Where's classified documents. Right. Where is the raid? And let me. Where's let the me, FBI raid? Where is the FBI raid? Nice false equivalency. Beautiful. Where's the FBI raid? Um, well, angry brunette. Uh, Biden turned over all the documents. He and his lawyers, unlike Trump, wasn't hiding the classified documents from the, the National Archive. Mingling Where's classified documents. Right. Where is the raid? And let me. Where's let the me, FBI raid? OK, the reason there's no FBI raid is Biden didn't know he was holding on to classified documents, whereas with Trump for a year and a half, the government kept asking Trump for the classified documents and he wouldn't turn them over. Where's the FBI raid? You're not you don't understand. You don't understand what I'm saying. 
uh, Trump wouldn't turn the documents over. And he made his lawyer sign sworn affidavits swearing that he turned them over to the government. But he didn't. OK, Where's the FBI raid. OK, th there's no need for an FBI raid because Biden's lawyers found the documents and then turned them over to the proper authority. Where's the FBI raid? You're not going to find anything in Biden's garage because he already handed them over to the National Archive. Where's the FBI raid? All right. OK. All right. Uh, you really don't need to raid Biden's home. He, he's cooperating. Um, let me try to explain this to you, angry brunette. Here is a graphic from CNN that kind of explains uh, the difference between Donald Trump's handling of classified material and Joe. Where's the FBI raid? OK, uh, you know, you, you see, uh, the, for example, uh, Donald Trump had more than 325 documents. Joe Biden only had 10. Where's the FBI raid? They're, they're not there. Uh, they, they found Joe Biden's 10 documents in a private office where nobody could get to them, but they, they found the 325 documents all over the place at Mar-a-Lago, which is open to the public. Where's the FBI raid? You, you can't, you're not gonna get anything. Uh, they don't know how many top secret of the 10 they, documents that Joe Biden had. They think some were top secret, whereas Donald Trump's 325 documents, they know for a fact that 60 were top secret. Where's the FBI raid? Uh, OK, uh, Biden is cooperating fully and uh, Donald Trump didn't cooperate and he's now under investigation for obstruction of justice. Where's the FBI raid? OK, 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 Karen. Uh, call 911 and tell the FBI you want you want them to raid Joe Biden's home, Karen, because Joe Biden is black and uh, you don't feel safe. Uh, just un Where's the FBI raid? Okay, the FBI. Uh, well, obviously, before the week was over, Attorney General Merrick Garland did appoint a special counsel. His name is Robert Herr, who will look into this. But you could be certain, you should be certain, if this were the Trump administration, Trump would fire the special counsel the attorney general, and set fire to the Capitol. Where's the FBI raid? You do remember he set fire to the Capitol. I can assure you that when this is all over, little Donnie won't get into any trouble for setting fire to the children's hospital, but little Joey sneezing without covering his mouth, youngest American ever to be put on death row. I guarantee you Joe Biden will get into more trouble over these documents than than Donald Trump will. Where's the FBI raid? George Santos, would you like to add anything? George, do you have an honest moment George, inside of you ever? George, no, they don't. They don't. Here we go. Howie Klein just can't get enough of George Santos. I want to talk about other things. There's classified documents that we found in 
Joe Biden's garage, Diane Feinstein. Oh. You know, we could talk yeah. about who's going to replace Diane Feinstein, but all Howie Klein wants to do is talk about George Santos because he scooped the Washington Post. There's a big expose right now in the Washington Post about the Russia connection between George Santos and one of Putin's oligarchs. Howie Klein has been writing about this for weeks. As usual, he scoops the mainstream media. Howie Klein is the founder and treasurer of the Blue America Pack. He also writes Down with Tyranny, where you should read him every day. Welcome, Howie Klein. Thank you, David. I feel welcome. You have been writing about uh, George Santos uh, and the connection with the Russian plutocrats who've been donating to him secretly. Tell us what you've uncovered and how is this, is this in any way related to cryptocurrencies? Well, yes. I mean, George, the George Santos scandal is, uh, you know, many, many head in Hydra. And one of them is Sam Bankman connection, Sam Bankman free connection. So, uh, and that was one of the first things I saw because there was a, uh, that was relatively easy to trace. A lot, a lot of um, what Bankman free did was not easy to trace purposely. And a lot of the people who want to uh, put large amounts of money into congressional races can get around it. Uh, you know, Bankman free even admitted that he gave the money to dark, um, you know, kind of packs who would then give it to another pack, which would then give it to another pack, which would then give it to a candidate, uh, knowing that, or, or, or if not give it to a candidate, spend it on a candidate and illegally the candidate coordinating and knowing that the money was being spent for a specific reason. So Bankman Fried was someone who did that. And, and, um, he and his partners at FTX put a lot of money into, um, into the race on Long, on Long Island, a district, by the way, that I lived in at one time. Right. And that's so, what, so and, and, more, and uh, alien personally, George represents yeah. Long Island. Correct. Well, well, yeah, that district was uh, represented by Tom Swazi, uh, and then Swazi decided to run for governor. So when, when Swazi ran for governor, it became an open seat. Uh, the guy who Swazi had beaten um, uh, two years earlier was this guy, George Santos, this crackpot, who we'll talk about in a second. And, uh, and then the Democrats just found like a milk toast sort of conservative Democrat uh, to run uh, in the district. And he stood for nothing and meant nothing and was incompetent, one of the most incompetent candidates ever. So he discovered none of this stuff, which can fill a book now and certainly will be a movie someday uh, about George Santos. So who is George Santos? So, you know, one of the first things uh, that I talked about when I started covering it was that obviously George Santos uh, may or may not be an American citizen and that we need to find that out because you can't be a member of Congress if you're not an American citizen. He told uh, one of his coworkers, he worked at a call center and he told one of his coworkers that he wasn't born in America, that he was born in Brazil, which seems to be the case. He, you know, when you look at his history, he does seem to be born in Brazil. He won't show anyone his birth certificate. He absolutely denies uh, that he was born in Brazil, but he, he, he probably was. Uh, and then if he was born in Brazil, did he then marry this, even though he's openly gay, he talks about being gay. He claims that he has a husband, although that isn't true either, I don't think. 
Uh, no one has ever seen his husband. He lives with his sister in Elmhurst, and uh, none of the neighbors have said there's ever been a husband who, who walked in the house. Anyway, and he used to wear a wedding band, uh, you know, uh, that he would tell people was the wedding band from his husband, and he doesn't wear it anymore. So I don't think he's got a husband, but he is openly gay. So, so he is gay. That we know. And he admits it, and he says he's proud of it. Uh, but um, he was married to a woman for seven years, which would be long enough for him to be able to get a, a, um, a green card and then apply for citizenship. Is that what happened? Was it a real marriage? If it wasn't a real marriage, it was just a marriage of convenience uh, to get uh, American citizenship, then he wouldn't be a citizen uh, if that was discovered, which is probably what's going to happen, I think. So anyway, so, so that's, the, that's one thing. Is, um, see, the least important thing is what the media harps on, and that's all the lies. He tells all these lies. And that, to me, that's the funny part of this thing, and, and it's, it's enjoyable and entertaining how literally everything he ever says is lie. You know, he claims he went to a fancy uh, prep high school in the Bronx. He, he, they say they've never heard of him He's under any of his names. He has many names. Uh, he claims he went to uh, two different, co- you know, one college for BA and one college for uh, a master's. He neither of those colleges say he ever attended. Again, under any of his fake names. So unless there's another fake name that no one knows about, he didn't go to, <laughs> to that high school and he didn't go to either of those colleges. Uh, and it's it, you know he claims he worked at Goldman Sachs. He claims he was worked in other places. He claims all sorts of financial things that vary from time to time. Uh, you know, either he was very, very poor and had no money or he was very, very rich and was building a $5.6 million house on the, on, in Oyster, Bay, Oyster Bay. I mean, there's so many different things that, that it's mind boggling. But, but all those lies, including his mother dying on 9-11, that was a lie. His uh, grandparents escaping the Holocaust, that was a lie. His, his grandparents being killed in the Holocaust, that was another lie. Uh, you know, him being Jewish and then trying to then claim, well, I never really said I was Jewish. I said I was Jewish, <laughs> kind of. And that was, but both of those are lies too. He's neither Jewish nor did he say he was Jewish. Right. He said he was a proud Jew. Uh, and that isn't saying that you're Jewish. Right. Uh, so anyway, all of these things and many, many, many more are lies. Then the next step up for him is the, the, that he's a petty thief and has been, as far as we know, for his whole life. He's been stealing things. He, he can't help himself. He's a kleptomaniac. So, uh, you know, the first thing that sort of we became aware of was that in Brazil, his, his mother was sort of a caretaker um, for sick, sick people. She was, she was a house cleaner, but she also took care of people who were sick. She wasn't a nurse. But she did, you know, try to help people who were sick also. And one of these sick people was in the house and um, and Santos, the son, Santos came and um, sold the dying guy's uh, checkbook. Now, as it turned out, the guy, the guy didn't die and wound up pressing charges against, against Santos, who had written checks uh, on this guy's checkbook. And um, there was a court case. And it ended with Santos skipping town and running off to America. Uh, so now the Brazilians are uh, have, have reopened the case. And although they haven't asked for an extradition yet, they probably will ask for an extradition. They're working with the um, 
the State Department on how to handle this, or the, not the State Department, the Justice Department on how to handle this. So, so there's that kind of stuff. Then he had um, uh, he had a boyfriend, a very, very, very young boyfriend, uh, and he was, uh, you know, continue, you know, mooching off this young kid and making the young kid pay all the expenses. And then, you know, and the young kid was very, very naive, and he really didn't know what was going on. Santos would always sit, would say, you know, big money is coming. It never came. And uh, and then one day, the kid realized that Santos had stolen and pawned his cell phone. Hmm. Then later, Santos lived with two people in Queens. He had two roommates uh, in a small apartment, and he was stealing their clothing. And, you know, the famous one is now a $550 Burberry um, scarf that he stole. There was also a $500 Armani shirt that he stole. And so what I'm saying is this guy has led a life of stealing things from people. He, he, he met a woman in a bingo parlor in, um, in Brazil, and he, uh, he he went with her to New York or, or to Florida. I'm not sure where he went, he, to the U.S. He took her to the U.S. and emptied her bank account, stole all of her jewelry, and pawned that as well. I mean, this is a really bad dude. Really, really bad. But it's but low, le- but a low dude. level, but but up until getting elected to Congress. Now, that's what we're talking about now is all low-level stuff. Right. Now comes the higher-level stuff. So the higher-level stuff, none of the stuff that we've talked about before is going to get him kicked out of Congress probably or probably even put him in jail before his congressional term ends. What now there is stuff that could get him put into jail. And that is when we're talking about finance, you know, obviously the, uh, the, uh, the citizenship thing, that's one thing lying about, um, a, a fake marriage to get a citizenship. That's, that's, that you go to jail for that. And then the other, and you also kicked out of, get kicked out of Congress for that. And then the other thing is the financial crimes. So that involves, Many, many different things. So this is where I was talking about the the, the Hydra. <laughs> Most of the Hydra's heads are about financial crimes. Right. So where do we begin? Uh, let's start with, since you asked me about Sam Bankman-Fried, we can, we can start there. Frank, um, uh, FTX put a lot of money into his campaign to try to get him elected. Uh, why did they do that? Why, 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 why were they putting so much money into the campaigns of so many candidates? And it was obvious and it and will be an open testimony when, when the trial finally happens that they were trying to buy influence in Congress and they were looking for people who m- met one criteria, corrupt. That's all they wanted. They didn't care what, what if you were uh, liberal, conservative, progressive, fascist, they didn't care what you were as long as you're corruptible. And they found uh, George Santos and they des- they decided to try to get him elected and some of their money helped him get elected. So that's one tranche. Another one is the Russia one, which you're, I'm sure you're interested in. Yes. And, that, and this and is the big this story. Guy, this is the big story that the Washington Post claims it broke, but you've been writing about this for weeks. So, so go I've ahead. been writing about it for over a month. So, right. you know, and, and other people have too. It's not just me. I mean, it's kind of easy to. Uh, to track who um, Andrew uh, Intrader, I mean, Intrader, I mean, Trader, Intrader, I mean, it's like a cartoon character right. talking about a spy. I mean, and this guy has been up to this for a very long time. He's a cousin of, of um, a close Putin uh, crony named um, uh, Vexelberg. And he's a, he's a, Russia, he's a sanctioned Russian plutocrat. Uh, the U.S. seized his, or, or the U.S. asked Spain to seize his yacht, which Spain did. And he, um, 
he has been uh, funneling money into the Republican Party for a very long time, including a, a cool $1 million to Trump through Intrader, including um, $250,000 into, into Trump's big uh, scam of an uh, inauguration fund. So that was money that Trump was able to steal and put in his own pocket, $250,000 there. And, uh, and other money, including helping to, to pay for the um, Stormy Daniels scam, uh, some of that was Russian money from this guy, uh, Vexelberg, and, and, and much, much, much more. So Intrader uh, and Vexelberg found Soros, I'm sorry, uh, Santos. Now, Santos has publicly stated that he's been in Russia many, many, many times. Uh, what was he doing there? And for what reason was he there? I mean, what was he doing in Russia? <laughs> and, and that's a question that no one, no one has answered. Now, to me, the most telling and interesting thing about this is um, that the, the new Speaker of the House, who absolutely cannot afford to let go of, uh, of Santos, he's keeping him in Congress, has said he will never see any state secrets. He'll never be on a committee where they're dealing with state secrets. Why? Why is that? Why, why is McCarthy saying that? I'd like, I'd like someone in the press to ask McCarthy. You just said that, that Santos will never be on a committee that deals with secrets and will never see any state secrets. Why is that? And, and, and why are you keeping him in Congress in that case? I mean, right. it, it's, just like, it's just an amazing story that goes on and on. Every day, there's something new happening. Every time I, 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 I look him up on, uh, on Google, there's some other, other crackpot crazy story happening. This is, uh, this is a, um, a gift to the Democrats that will just keep on giving and giving and giving until the Republicans finally cut him loose. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, over the weekend, the ch- the new chairman of the um, the, the House uh, Oversight Committee, uh, you know, was I, I was I think it was Comer, on, um, yeah, Comer, uh, Kentucky conservative, who's very much an ally of uh, McCarthy. He was on one of the Talking Head shows, and he he said it right out loud. You know what Republicans aren't supposed to say? Santos quote is a very bad guy. And he said, if, if this stuff turns out to be true, we're going to have to get him out of Congress. Stuff is very true. Unbelievable job, Howie. Unbelievable. A couple of quick questions. Go, go ahead. Continue. To, please. To follow it. It's just it's just it's just it gives me a great joy. And, uh, you know, some of it's a little hard to follow because you're tracking this money right. is, you know, when they're trying where the money comes from if you take hours and hours and hours trying to track it down and you go down a wrong path and you spend two or three hours going down the wrong path and then you come up with nothing and you have to start all over again and go down a different path but eventually you it, it pays off i mean I, I wrote about this last week how a, a, um a, you know a very a prominent journalist uh you know was yelling at me that he has to have the he has to have the um he has to have the, the money. He has, he has to have the money trail. Uh, why don't I give him the money trail? And I'm telling him it's it's not that easy. And it changes every time you do it. It changes. It gets more and more money has been put in. And why don't you go hire and uh, go to a journalism school in your town and tell them that you you'll hire two of their interns, two of their students to be interns, and let them track it down. It's just something that takes a lot of time. He, he just didn't want to put the time in. He just wanted me to do it for him. I don't even know the guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He just 
the stuff I'm writing and, and, you know, demanding that I give him, give him the information. Right. You are There's all no secret information. I mean, there is, but I don't have it. So Howie Klein is the writes down with tyranny and everybody should go there to read it first before you see it in the mainstream media. You're also the founder and treasurer of the blue America pack, which raises money for progressive candidates. Refresh my memory as the treasurer of the blue America pack. Is it legal to accept campaign contributions from a Russian plutocrat? No. And, and, and he would say that he didn't accept uh, campaign funds from a Russian plutocrat because he got it from uh, the cousin of a Russian plutocrat, the guy Andrew uh, Intrader. And Intrader is an American citizen. Now, he's born in the, he was born in the Soviet Union, and, uh, and, and he is obviously a Russian agent, but he is a U.S. citizen, and, and it's legal to take money from him. However, he gave so much money, he and his wife, so, you know, what people say is, well, all he gave was maximum contribution from himself and maximum contribution from his wife. True, that's what he gave. However, he also put hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, into, uh, into, into um, committees that spent money on behalf of, of Santos. And, you know, there's some legality to that, some, uh, some illegality to it. Uh, that's something that they, uh, the Justice Department is going to have to sort out at some point, and I'm sure that they will. So that's one, that's one thing uh, to consider. The other is, is the, the one of the few things that will put people in prison, like for real, in, uh, in terms of um, uh, campaign finance, is something called straw donors. I was just going to ask straw donor is, Yeah. Well, that's when you give money to someone else and you tell them to donate because you've already maxed out. So both in the case of FTX, Bankman's firm, and in the case of uh, the Kremlin, that's what they did. They, they gave money to other people to put into, um, into Santos's campaign. But that's, that's hard illegal. to prove. We're, we're, that's hard to prove, however, right? How do you prove it? But it, it can be proved. I'm sorry? So in other words, you know, one of the, one of the ways you do it is like this. Okay, here's, um, you know, Ab Abigail uh, Friedman. Abigail Friedman um, makes uh, $40,000 a year. She's never donated a single penny to uh, anyone in politics before. She can barely pay her rent. She can barely support her children. And she just gave a maximum donation, a double maximum donation, because you can donate for the, for the, pro the primary and the general, uh, to, uh, to, to ex you know, a candidate like um, Santos. So that is that the proof? No, it's not proof by itself, but it, it's proof enough to you know take her in and, and give her a good questioning and find out where she got that money from. Right, and that's usually the way they do it. Right, if they want to, if they want to follow up on that, and, and so, I think in this case they're going to. And so it it's we've been told it's old news: Russia Gate, the Mueller report, Putin installing. Trump using compromise on his opponents, funneling money uh, through the NRA. What are we talking about? We're talking about uh, this guy Vex Vexelberg, who, whose cousin gave you know hundreds of thousands of dollars to to Santos. Is that what does that have to do with uh, RussiaGate? Well, I'm just saying that a lot of people have poo-pooed Putin's uh, interference in American politics. 
and his as well. It's I don't look. I don't want to insult your um, your 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 listeners, uh, and so I I won't. Okay. Is it possible? I I I, I want to ask you some more about George Santos, but I want to ask you about the war in Ukraine because I I followed RussiaGate. I believe it. I you know I followed the Mueller investigation. Is it possible that the war in Ukraine is also about Putin's interference in Western democracy, that they want to trap him in a quagmire to get him to disappear because he's got so much money, he's destroying the Republican Party and our democracy? Is that one of the incentives, one of the secret incentives uh, behind uh, funneling all these arms to Zelensky? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, but you uh, were saying he, and I wasn't sure who, who the he was referring to. So give, give me that again. Uh, what I'm saying to, is that uh, when, when Joe Biden became president, do you believe he was presented evidence by the NSA that Vladimir Putin, with a trillion dollars to spend, is tampering with democracies all over the world, especially American. Well, we know that. Yes. And that the Republican Party is owned and operated by Putin. And we can't have well, it. I mean, that's. Or I, 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 I no. <laughs> the Republican Party, I, I don't believe is owned and operated by Putin. I think that Putin sees um, the Republican Party as, as a natural ally, but uh, he, he doesn't own them. Uh, he he has helped Republicans through, uh, again through uh, you know I mean did he own did he own Donald Trump I mean everything I've read uh, owned I owned is a strong word I, I don't know if, if you could use that word uh, to say he owned him although he may have but uh, you know I won't discount it but I don't I haven't seen proof that he owned Donald Trump I think that he and Donald Trump uh, you know kind of saw eye to eye on things and that um, Donald Trump, I mean, remember, Donald Trump had a history with, with Russia of trying to build a Trump Tower in Moscow. And that goes right through Putin. And that's how it, that's how it all, all started. So, you know, but someday that story is, is going to be told. I don't, I don't know when. Uh, you know, it's certainly not, um, uh, it's not, it's not a nothing story. So like, let me like ask some, you, let me ask you not to make, Right in the extreme left, meet meet on this one, and they, and they say this is a this is a, a false story. Well, they're both the extreme right and the extreme left are very wrong on this. And when I say the extreme left, I, I'm talking about you know the uh, you know the Glenn Greenwald uh, folks. Right. right. So let me re let me rephrase the question because a lot of people confuse what I'm saying with an, what people believe. I want to ask you what you think Joe Biden believes. What Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State, believes, not what you believe. So let me rephrase the question and ask you if this is what Joe Biden believes. Do you think Joe Biden and Anthony Blinken are helping Zelensky in Ukraine to trap Russia into a quagmire the same way Zbigniew Brzezinski, Jimmy Carter's national security advisor, claims he trapped? Russia into invading Afghanistan. So, right? Because they feel Vladimir Putin is the number one threat to Western democracies. Do, do you think that's part of 
the reason uh, they're going up so so hard against Putin in Ukraine. Yeah, well, I'm glad they use the word part, and I and I and I, yeah. I feel that that's a factor in in the U.S. Uh, uh, support for Ukraine probably is a, a, a part of it. I don't know how much a part of it it is, but remember. Putin has been very public about saying that he's trying to rebuild. He doesn't call it the Russian Empire or the Soviet Union, but he is trying to do that. He claims that Ukraine is, is part of uh, Ukraine is part of Russia, and right. and and he says it always has been, which isn't true. And uh, and he he is looking to to expand uh, Russia's borders, and and you know it would be natural for him to look right to uh, Ukraine as as a as a first place to, to grab up. And he did, he, he lopped off um, parts of Ukraine in the past and he's going to uh, continue doing that now. Oh, there's someone at my door. Okay. But we have, can you give me five more minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to open the door, but okay. um, <laughs> it's, yes. It's uh, the NSA uh, seizing your cell phone it, and it, you'll be called just next back, week from uh, Gitmo. Phoenix. No, Roland is just back from uh, from uh, spending a, a few days in a Hogan. In where? In a Hogan. What is a Hogan? Well, uh, the Navajos didn't live in teepees; they lived in Hogans. And uh, Ro- Roland rented a Hogan in Arizona, and uh, is just knocking on the door. He's back. Ah, well, welcome, welcome home, Roland. Uh, he hears you. Okay. And I, I, I've. Uh, to celebrate Roland coming back, I've made a um, a, a giant uh, Hungarian goulash, vegan goulash, and a uh, a, um, a the most amazing pie that anyone has ever tasted. It's like it's like I'm 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 I, I can't believe this pie. And one of the secrets to the pie is jalapeno. I mean, that's beyond belief. And Roland can't believe it either. And that's why he's here now. He wants to taste, he doesn't care about the goulash. He wants to taste the paprika pie. A I'm pa- sorry, the, um, not paprika, uh, jalapeno pie. Well, ho- hang on. So what's a, what kind of pie is it, though? Well, it, what it really is is uh, uh, it's a mixed berry pie. But there's, um, there's, uh, there's a pinch of jalapeno in it. Interesting. Interesting. I, yeah. I know that they make that with, uh, they do that with ice cream. So going back yes, to, they- let's return to George Santos and the Russian connection. Is Putin influencing McCarthy? How how far does Putin's, do his tentacles reach inside? Well, there the- are some people, uh, McCarthy, uh, uh, Kevin, uh, Kremlin Kevin. I mean, that is the thing. And they'll be defunding or trying to defund the... Uh, yes, they are going to try to defund. You know, I mean, the Republican Party is very split on that. There are uh, some, you know, obviously, traditionally, the Republicans are, are very hawkish, and they are very anti-Russia, and they, um, you know, very much want to... That, they want to they're, they're very, big, very, very supportive of the war. But the, the, uh, the Trump people... Of course, they're you know the you know sometimes we call them the uh, the Putin wing of the Republican Party, and they on the other hand are you know want the U.S. out of the war and the U.S. to not um, not be funding um, Ukraine, and they 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 claim you know they, it's because they want to help um, help Americans 
but uh, that isn't the case. So um, anyway, the food is on the table. Good. It's although it looks like a scalding Rollins dentist sent me a message saying that I uh, damaged his. Um, what was it? What did I damage? His palate, I think, or something, with serving too, the food too hot. Oh, okay. So go eat. Howie Klein is the founder, treasurer of the Blue America Pack. Read him every day over at Down With Tyranny. We just scratched the surface. Uh, you're unbelievable. Thank you, Howie Klein, and follow him on Twitter at Down With Tyranny. Thank you, Howie Klein. Thank you. Bye-bye. That's Howie Klein. Read him every day over at Down With Tyranny, and check out the Blue America Peck. All right. Donald, Donald Trump's son, Don Jr., outdid himself last week. He might have said the dumbest thing he's ever said, and that's saying a lot considering how many dumb things this idiot has said and done. But first, I'm David Feldman, and this is The Mop Up. Please subscribe to this channel and make sure to hit the like button. Do me a favor. We're a small little show getting smaller each day. Every day we grow a little smaller. Everybody, des everybody deserves... Everybody deserves a voice in America, but Donald Trump has given voice to the people who feel nobody listens to them. And there's a reason nobody listens to them. They're idiots. This is President Donald Trump. Remember this? He's looking at the sun during an eclipse. Everybody told him not to look at the sun, but there he was on the White House balcony staring into the sun because he's an idiot. The same idiot who invented our Space Force. Yes, Donald Trump invented an entire branch of the armed services. The man, too stupid not to look up at the sun, somehow gave us Space Force. And the son he's too stupid not to listen to lately is Don Jr. With Jared and Ivanka now out of the picture, Don Jr. is closer, has grown closer to his father. And he's feeling empowered by his proximity to Don Sr. He feels empowered. Either that or it's the wheelbarrow-sized doses of Adderall Don Jr. seems to be snorting each day. Either way, he seems empowered. Don Jr. is an idiot, and that's being kind. And I'm going to show you how Don Jr. outdid himself last week. But first, idiots should not be in charge, especially arrogant idiots like Don Jr., who don't know they're idiots. They don't know they're idiots because they're idiots. They shouldn't be in charge because idiots like Donald Trump Jr. are getting us all killed. For example, people who worship Donald Trump Sr., remember a man too stupid not to look at the sun during an eclipse? Those people who Trump surrounds himself with, should not be commenting on air safety, and yet they do. Don Jr. commented on air safety, even though he's an idiot who has no idea that he's an idiot. 
even though his father told him he was an idiot every single day of his life. Yes, according to several books, Donald Trump Sr. would often say publicly to John Jr. in front of friends and family, I can't believe I named this idiot after me. So you would think eventually Don Jr. would realize he's a moron. But no, he doesn't know he's a moron because he's a moron. Don Jr., moron, is upset with the FAA and the Department of Transportation, specifically our Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg. And last week, Don Jr., in attacking Pete Buttigieg, said perhaps the dumbest thing I have ever heard Don Jr. say. Some backstory. Last Wednesday, the Federal Aviation Authority's computer system crashed, forcing the Department of Transportation to delay 9,000 flights and cancel another 1,300 to make certain the only thing going down that day was their computer system. Nobody died. That's great news. Our government was watching out for us. But that's not good enough because some Americans were inconvenienced. They couldn't get where they really didn't want to go. So they stomped their feet and they gritted their teeth and they vowed to say something about it until they realized saying anything about it at the airport means you're going to get arrested. See, there's no raising your voice anymore at the airport. The airport has become the singular place on Earth where everyone wants to scream at the top of their lungs. But if you so much as raise your voice half a decibel, the next thing you know, you're waking up in Gitmo with a burlap sack wrapped around your neck while CIA agents pour stale tap water down your gullet. So, why do we fly? Do you fly? Why? Why are you flying? Let me know in the comment section below. I'm curious. I want to know if you fly. And I read all the comments, as, and I respond to some of them as long as they... Uh, don't violate community standards. And uh, I love the ones that make me laugh. Do you fly? How do you get around? How do you travel? According to a recent Gallup poll, in the past year, only 38% of Americans traveled by plane. The other 62% are still waiting on the tarmac for their jet to take off. Why are you flying? The only people who need to fly are stand-up comedians, bounty hunters, and flight attendants. I'm almost certain we don't need pilots anymore. Jets can be flown like drones by some pimply-faced 17-year-old in his underwear working a joystick in his parents' Nevada basement. The only reason for pilots is just in case there's an actual emergency mid-flight. For some reason, passengers always feel much safer when a guy in a cool-looking military outfit opens the cockpit 
door and screams, we're all going to die. Flying is stupid. You know who flies? Birds. And their brains are almost as small as Don Jr.'s. Uh, yeah, flying is dumb. Very, very dumb. Uh, I was going to make fun of Paul McCartney, but I'm not going to do it. Because uh, <laughs> that would be dumb. It, trust me, it's more exciting traveling to New York City than actually visiting it. Traveling to New York but not arriving there yet is great because it's all in your head. You're imagining how fantastic it's going to be. It's theater of the mind. And then you arrive in New York City and suddenly theater of the mind becomes theater of the ass. Or at least it smells that way. So, you know, take a long time getting to New York City. Take a bus or a train to New York don't fly. You want to take your time getting to New York so you can think about all the great things you're going to do once you get there. But then you get there and you check into the swank, which Hotel Tonight lists as cool and funky because it's part of the Ian Schrager collection and only costs $600 a night. And when you finally get checked in and try to get some shut-eye, you spend eight hours tossing and turning because the sewer rat that crawled in through the bathroom window can't decide which side of the bed he prefers to sleep on. Yeah, your trip to Manhattan, nothing but overpriced ethnic food from some made-up country that never existed. You spend the entire trip bumping into other bloated and constipated families from Maricopa, Arizona, all of whom thinking, if I'm going to blow through my entire life savings in three days, I'd rather be in Vegas where at least I'd have some fun. Instead of being here in New York, instead of spending $400 for a ride in a taxi that smells like the box from Cool Hand Luke right after the boiled egg eating contest. If you haven't seen Cool Hand Luke, uh, you should watch it just for the boiled egg eating contest. Now, they call New York the Big Apple, but what they should really call it is the Big Boiled Egg, because that's exactly what this glorified money laundering scheme smells like. But idiots keep visiting. In 2022, tourism added $40 billion to New York City's economy. $41 billion, if you count what hurts, out by JFK, charged my Uncle Mort after he returned his Mitsubishi Mirage with a half-empty tank of gas. One billion dollars. Last year, our idiot mayor celebrated when it was announced a record 57 million tourists visited New York City in 2021. 57 million tourists visiting New York City. Yes, of course, let's celebrate. Because whenever I'm trying to run some herons here in Manhattan, the first thing I always think is, you know what this place needs? More pretentious Nepo babies spending their parents' money. Look at them. 
Look at these pieces of shit. We went to we went to the Met and paid the suggested entrance fee. And then we went to MoMA, where my friend from Princeton is working for free as a docent because her parents pay all her Nepo baby bills. And then Brad met a Nepo baby named Camilla, who's from Aspen, but she's living in Manhattan doing an unpaid internship with Gwyneth over at Goop. And Brad and Camilla, the two of them really hit it off. So now their Nepo parents are going to set them up in a Nepo apartment near NYU, an apartment that only exists in Woody Allen movies. I hate these people. I don't want them here. But the people in charge of New York, they love tourists because these Nepo babies create 410,000 jobs. There are 410,000 jobs catering to Nepo babies spending their parents' money here in New York City. God forbid New Yorkers do something for a living, right? We have to cater to Nepo babies. God forbid we manufacture something. This entire city is working as Wall Street charlatans, trading worthless paper, or delivering room service to Romanian dentists in track suits, pretending their dental hygienist sitting half naked on the bed came with them to New York on business. It's all just a bunch of Romanian dentists with their dental hygienists screwing. They come here to screw. That's what New York City is. So don't come here. You're not welcome. If you're thinking of coming to New York, stay home. You know, cops in New York are famous for saying, nothing to see here. Move along. Nothing to see here. They're not talking about the jumper covered in a bloody white sheet. They're talking about New York City in general. There's nothing to see here. Move along. Don't come here. But I want to see the view from the top of the Empire State Building. Want to see the view from the Empire State Building? Look out the window of the plane when you're flying home. The vista is even better. Flying to New York City. Why must you fly? Flying produces 2.5% of all carbon dioxide emissions each year. That doesn't count the noise pollution. And don't forget, exposure to jet fuel causes neurological disease, as well as several types of cancer. Stay home. Really, stay home. And if you have to go somewhere, don't fly. Do not fly. I can't think of any reason to travel other than spreading the latest variant of COVID. That's the only reason I would get on a plane is to spread the latest variant of COVID. Our new speaker, Kevin McCarthy, announced that the House's Standing Committee on COVID will spend the next two years focusing on the origins of COVID. Here, let me save you 1,000 hours of testimony. Want to know where COVID comes from? Air travel. Air travel is the cause of COVID. Some bow-legged, some bow-legged tourists from Chechnya with a sore throat lands in Paris. And next thing you know, the entire world has COVID, all because Stash from Chechnya wanted to kiss a French woman beneath the Eiffel Tower. Forget vaccines. You want to wipe out COVID? Ban all jet travel. But good luck telling that to Americans, because, you know, we got to keep moving. 
Americans have to keep moving. So they say we are a nation on the move. Really? Really, we're a nation on the moon. Half this country is morbidly obese and hasn't exercised since they were 10. But somehow I'm supposed to believe we're constantly on the move. Well, I need to fly because I have an important business meeting to attend, which is code for there's a hooker in Michigan who totally gets me. And I can use the company's meal allowance on her and then just grab something at McDonald's afterwards. Business trips. There is no need to go on a business trip other than wasting your company's money on alcohol and overpriced hotel rooms. Now, I am not making this up. I've been on business trips where I land, go to the hotel, and then the person I'm supposed to meet with is running late. So we decide to work via Zoom with me in the hotel room. I'm not making this up. I traveled 2000 miles for a Zoom meeting in a hotel room. So the only reason anybody should be traveling right now is for a vacation. But we don't do vacations here in America. Everything is work. Everything has to be work. The only reason you travel is it's got to be for work or pretending to work, because let's face it, most work is just make believe. Very few of us have real jobs that make money for the company. Ninety percent of you are listening to me right now at work while staring at your computer screen, playing the latest version of Minecraft. And that's just the customer service representatives over at Verizon. Well, as I was saying, air travel was a disaster last week and it will probably be a disaster this week. A spokesman for the FAA said there is no evidence of a cyber attack and that the problem most likely stems from an overworked and underfunded software program. The FAA is in charge of making sure America's commercial jets take off and land safely while alerting the pilots to potential dangers in the air, like stay away from the new flight attendant in business unless you want chlamydia. It is nothing short of miraculous that American jets aren't dropping from the sky every hour on the hour, considering the American government is constantly cutting the FAA's budget so that the richest people in America don't have to pay their fair share of taxes. Captain Sully Sullenberger, who landed his plane safely in the Hudson River after one of his engines flamed out when a family of geese got sucked into it. Sully Sullenberger is the closest thing we have to an American hero. I know that because Tom Hanks played him in the movies. Tom Hanks also played Alan Bauer in Splash, where he falls in love with the mermaid played by Daryl Hannah. And quite frankly, I prefer watching that hard water landing instead. Ah, where was I? Daryl Hannah. Give me a second. Where was I? Yes. Okay. Sully Sullenberger. Captain Sully Sullenberger told the New York Times last week, quote, I've been flying airplanes for 55 years. It's been known for a long time 
that the FAA is severely underfunded. Great. The FAA says it doesn't have enough air traffic controllers. Also great. Because, believe it or not, adjusted for inflation, the FAA's budget is smaller today than it was 20 years ago. Great. Even though there are more planes up in the air now than there were 20 years ago, we're spending less on the FAA than we did uh, 20 years ago. We are flying on the cheap because the rich are cheap and don't want to pay their taxes. The FAA is under the jurisdiction of our Department of Transportation, which is currently run by Pete Buttigieg, who is taking a lot of heat for the FAA's problems. I'm no fan of Pete Buttigieg. I think he's an opportunistic fraud. But the FAA deserves credit for shutting the entire system down last week and saving lives. Something the FAA wouldn't have done if, as Republicans want, if the FAA was run by the airlines instead of our government. I'm not making this up. There are disciples of Milton Friedman in the GOP who honestly believe the airlines would do a better job when it comes to safety if the government got out of the way. The airlines, without the FAA, they believe, would take it upon themselves to self-police the safety of their planes. Republicans believe the FAA should be run by the airlines and what could possibly go wrong other than everything. One of those people who gets a lot of campaign money to convince voters the government can't do anything is Arizona congressman and insurrectionist from the Freedom Caucus, Andy Biggs. And he could not wait. Andy Biggs could not wait to blame the FAA for the flight delays and cancellations. He blames the FAA for inconveniencing Americans when they decided to keep us all safe. But you see, Andy Biggs, he doesn't care about keeping the passengers safe. He only cares about the airlines. And when the government-run FAA shuts down all flights to keep Americans safe, that's unacceptable to people like Andy Biggs, because when all flights are grounded, that cuts into the profits for the airlines. Andy Biggs, Congressman and insurrectionist Andy Biggs, will never miss an opportunity to blame the government, even when the government acted responsibly last Wednesday by keeping passengers safe. Here is Arizona Congressman and insurrectionist Andy Biggs on Fox News. Uh, Pete Buttigieg communicated to the president that he doesn't really know anything yet. Are you surprised the Secretary of Transportation doesn't know anything? 
I'm, I, I'm not surprised. That it's unpleasant that I have to say that, but I'm not surprised that he doesn't know anything because that's consistent with how he's handled any kind of question or issue that we've had in our transportation sector since he became secretary. But what's chilling about this today, Brian, is, is the fact that this is happening. It's been going on. We've known about it apparently overnight, and he has no idea what happened or how they're going to fix it and how long it's going to last. That, that is a, an enormous impact on our economy and travelers today. That would be insurrectionist Congressman Andy Biggs, who hates government so much that immediately after January 6, Arizona Congressman Andy Biggs had to ask then-President Trump for a pardon for his role in the insurrection. And Andy Biggs also refused to go before the January 6th committee to let them know what he and Donald Trump talked about in the lead up to the worst attack on our capital since the War of 1812. Andy Biggs, Congressman Andy Biggs. He refuses. This was the guy who ran for speaker last week. Andy Biggs refuses to discuss what role he so obviously played in the Stop the Steal rally, which played a huge part in bringing protesters to the nation's capital on January 6. He refuses to tell us what illegal conversations he had with Donald Trump right before January 6. And yes, my First Amendment absolutists, there is such a thing as illegal conversations. Planning to present an alternative slate of electors to the Capitol to block the peaceful transfer of presidential power, planning that, talking about that, having conversations with the president about that is against the law, my First Amendment absolutists. Planning that is against the law. And Andy Biggs knows that because after the insurrection failed, he immediately got on the phone with the White House and begged for a presidential pardon. Also speaking on January 6th, by the way, at the Stop the Steal rally was Don Jr. Don Jr. spoke on the ellipse on January 6th. Not only that, he was introduced on the ellipse on January 6th by his fiancée, Kimberly Gargoyle, who was paid, you ready for this, $60,000 to deliver a three-minute introduction of her idiot fiancé, Don Jr. So Don Jr. could go onto the ellipse, January 6th, and warm the crowd up before Don Sr. incited an insurrection. $60,000 for a three-minute introduction paid to Kimberly Gargoyle, Don Jr.'s fiancé. Now, you might be asking who would be stupid enough to pay Kimberly Gargoyle $60,000 for a three-minute introduction. Three minutes to say, please welcome my idiot fiancé who is only here and can't do anything in his life, uh, you know, unless his father gives him a job. My idiot, moronic fiance, Don Jr., $60,000 she got paid. Now, according to the January 6th committee, 
According to the January 6th committee, Kimberly Gargoyle was paid $60,000 by none other than college dropout Charlie Kirk, founder of Turning Points USA, who calls higher education a scam. That's his big thing. He calls college education, calls higher education a fraud. He's a college dropout who targets college campuses for their liberal agenda. And by liberal agenda, he means teaching young adults critical thinking. Charlie Kirk from Turning Points is a big proponent of cutting taxes and more importantly, getting rid of government waste. We have to get rid of government waste. But somehow he doesn't think paying Kimberly Gargoyle $60,000 for a three-minute introduction of Don Jr. is wasteful. $60,000. Even though Charlie Kirk pled the fifth before the January 6th committee, he even pled the fifth when asked how old he is. Even though he pled the fifth, we now know that the sixty grand for Kimberly Gargoyle came from Turning Points USA, Charlie Kirk's organization. And that sixty grand was funneled through Turning Points. It originally came from a millionaire donor. And when you read about Turning Points, practically all of Turning Points money comes from millionaire donors. There's a lot of money to be made inciting an insurrection. You see, January 6th wasn't just about overturning an election. It was part of the Trump family's larger grift. Kimberly Gargoyle wants 60 grand for three minutes because this is just a scam. It's all a scam. Don Jr.'s father, that would be Don Sr., former president, between Election Day and January 6th, according to the Select Committee on January 6th, between Election Day and January 6th, Donald Trump raised $250 million for his Save America pro-Trump PAC to draw attention to the stolen election. But where did the money go? Some of it went to legal fees for former Trump staffers who agreed not to cooperate with Merrick Garland or the January 6th committee. Donald Trump is using that money to pay the legal fees for staffers who are willing to plead the fifth and not cooperate. But where did the rest of that money go? Congresswoman Zoe Lofgren, who sat on the January 6th committee, said spreading election lies was part of a larger fraud that allowed Donald Trump to pocket more and more money in the waning days of his presidency. So now, the dumbest thing Don Jr. has ever said, and he has said some of the most incredibly dumb things I've ever heard in my life. Don Jr., this worthless piece of human excrement, this past week, he said the dumbest thing ever to come out of his Adderall-laced lips. 
he was incredibly upset by the flight delays and the flight cancellations, and he demanded accountability. Here is what Don Jr. tweeted about the FAA. He wrote, Breaking all flights nationwide have been grounded. The FAA is facing a computer outage, yet another major blow to incompetent transportation sect Mayor Pete and people who get important jobs with no experience to check some identity politics boxes. So I I don't know what that meant. A a major blow to incompetent Transportation Secretary Mayor Pete and people who get important jobs with no experience to check some identity politics boxes. So I don't understand what that means. It's a run-on sentence. I guess he's saying, I think he's saying that Pete Buttigieg has no experience checking identity boxes. Well, uh, luckily, Don Jr., was stupid enough to take to social media and go record a message to explain precisely what he means. In the age of equity, there seems to be some scary stuff going on at the FAA. And guess what? When you're 36,000 feet in the air, maybe you just want a competent person there. Not someone who checked the box like, to me, Mayor Pete did. Okay. Age of equity. I don't know what that has to do with... Mayor Pete, and he's the Secretary of Transportation, and he checked some boxes. I, I what kind of boxes? What, what what are you talking about? A blow to people who get really important jobs with no experience. A blow to people who get really important jobs with no experience. You mean like your entire effing family? What are you talking about? What, do you, what is it about identity boxes that get checked in Pete Buttigieg? What are you trying to say? Well, he's a gay American. Ah, he's a gay American. I see. So you saw the entire shutdown of our air traffic system, our, our flights, and you blame it all on Pete Buttigieg because he's gay. You effing idiot. I get it. He checked an identity box, right? Uh, Unlike you, Don Jr., Mayor Pete has no experience. And the only reason he's secretary of transportation, according to the genius Don Jr., is because he's gay. Wow, that is the worst, the dumbest thing ever to come out of this idiot's mouth. To say that Mayor Pete, the only reason he's head of Uh, transportation is because he's gay. You are the dumbest person in the Trump family. That's how dumb you are, Don Jr. Uh, Okay, let's say it's true. Let's it's not. But let's say it is. Let's say Mayor Pete uh, is secretary of transportation because he's gay. Now, Don Jr., you tell me what experience you have to justify anyone paying attention to you other than you're being the son of Donald Trump. What have you ever accomplished? What have you ever accomplished? You know, maybe Pete got the job because he's gay, okay? But unlike Don Jr., 
Uh, he didn't get his job by publicly licking his father's balloon knot five times a day. Let's be brutally frank here. The only reason Don Jr. gets to do anything in this life is because he's constantly licking his father's balloon knot. And to reduce Pete Buttigieg to just a gay American, to say that's all he is, is the height of bigotry and stupidity and the dumbest thing Don Jr. or anybody in the Trump family has ever said. Look, I can't stand Mayor Pete, but unlike Don Jr., he's accomplished something on his own. He didn't need his father, Don Jr. He didn't have to lick his father's balloon knot. He graduated from Harvard, Don Jr. He got elected on his own mayor of South Bend, Indiana. And most importantly, Don Jr., unlike you, I know you love your guns, but unlike you, he served this country in Afghanistan. Unlike you, who never met a gun he didn't want to fillet, Unlike Don Jr., who never met a gun he didn't want to go down on, Pete Buttigieg served in Afghanistan. Now, in all fairness, Pete Buttigieg in Afghanistan is kind of bullshit. He was uh, already the mayor of South Bend, and he was using his experience working over at McKinsey uh, to investigate money laundering in Kabul, and he never left <laughs> the green zone. He never, he never saw anything. He posed for that picture and then ran back inside. He never fired a shot. He was never in any danger. He played dress up to look like a soldier. It was a bullshit posting, and he's exploited that and kind of misled the American people about what exactly he did in Afghanistan. He was already the mayor of South Bend, and he was doing uh, clerical work, basically. So, but unlike Don Jr., he served our country. He did something for our country. Unlike Don Jr., unlike Don Jr., who goes off to Africa to hunt endangered animals, Don Jr. is a worthless sack of excrement, just like his entire family. Just like his entire family, he's stupid. And deep down, he kind of knows he's stupid because his father always told him he was stupid. He did. Donald Trump always told, I read all the books about this, this family. And Don Jr. was constantly being told by his father that he was stupid. And, and so Don Jr. knows he's stupid deep down. Deep down, he knows he's the ultimate Nepo baby. And so to make himself feel strong, he goes off and kills innocent animals on safari. He lashes out at accomplished politicians like Mayor Pete, who actually came close to getting the Democratic Party's presidential nomination and still could. And yet Don Jr. reduces Mayor Pete to an inexperienced buffoon who's only there because he's gay. This is what we're up against. This is what we're up against. Violent homophobes 
like Don Jr. and Donald Trump and the entire Republican Party, including Matt Schlapp, violent homophobes who kill and celebrate the death of defenseless and beautiful animals, half men who are angry because deep down they know they're too stupid, too stupid not to look up at the sun during an eclipse, too stupid to understand the science behind COVID, too stupid to understand Brunelli's principle of flight, but that doesn't matter. Even though Don Jr. couldn't tell you what Bernoulli's principle of flight is, he'll still opine on Pete Buttigieg's running of the FAA. They think they know how to run the FAA. These people, these arrogant, hateful, testosterone-addled idiots are getting us all killed. Don Jr., I'm really sorry your father constantly called you a worthless moron. But it is the only time that man ever told the truth. I'm David Feldman, reminding you to stay strong and protect the weak, but not the really weak, like Don Jr. <laughs>